0: Fighters are versatile powerhouses capable of countless techniques for applying cold steel to worthy opponents. Monks are disciples of martial arts who have surpassed their physical limits through sheer willpower and skill. When combined, you apply the speed of a martial artist with the skill of a dedicated warrior. Let's see what happens when you remember to meditate and never miss leg day. Despite all the flack that they've gotten over the years, D&D Monks are, well, they're really cool. But they're mainly for outmaneuvering their foes. Let's say you also want to strike your opponents really well. By combining the Fighter and the Monk, we can become a little, little less nimble and in exchange become a little more, let's say, direct. Fighter Monks have a very high DPS very early. They're survivable, quick, and get to seamlessly play with most of the features both classes have without clashing on the action economy. We don't have to even really stretch between ability scores, and you'll still be able to effectively multiclass without having any dead levels. That doesn't mean there aren't downsides, though. This class combination feels really good at early levels, and if you're only playing like a one-shot or something at early levels, this might be the best multiclass for you to do. But your martial arts die increases anyway at later class levels, making it a redundant level dip if we continue forward with monk levels. However, if we continue forward with fighter levels instead, we essentially get the primary benefits of a high-level monk while only taking a dip in the class. This does mean all of our builds will be core fighter with only some monk levels, though. It's also worth mentioning that the 5e monk is fairly weak overall, thus the flack that they've gotten over the years. And other than that, initial monk dip, it can be hard to argue to pursue the class further considering the poor monk's damage output as if anyone has ever played a monk because of the damage output. And as with any multi-class build, you'll be delayed on your mid-level class features compared to builds of a single class and will be outright losing on the late game class features at 20th level. The nice thing about this combination is that it functions right off the bat with only a single level in each class, meaning you'll see the build kick in as early as second level. There are some more synergies we can work out later, but the core synergy starts around level two. All of our featured fighter and monk abilities stack together to build a more perfect martial machine, but we've got a few features and options we really care about to make the combination work. Starting with our significant monk features, we have unarmored defense. Monks get an armor class equal to 10 plus their dexterity modifier plus their wisdom modifier so long as they're not wearing any armor. Most other monk features also require us to be unarmored, so we'll need to rely on this feature for our defense. Thankfully, we'll be able to maximize both dexterity and wisdom anyway, so this should be granting us a respectable 16 to 18 AC in most situations. And then next, of course, we have martial arts. This is the core defining monk feature that improves our unarmed strikes, lets them use dexterity instead of strength, and allows us to make an unarmed strike as a bonus action when we take the attack action. Remember that this is different from flurry of blows, and it's basically the default free punch that we can make without spending ki or any other resource. Speaking of which, we have ki. These are your mystical resources that you spend to fuel most of the monk's abilities. Technically, you gain a number of key points as shown on their table, but it's basically equal to your monk level starting at second. And starting at second, we get three abilities we can spend those monk points on. Flurry of Blows is the one we'll be using most often, and it works exactly like our martial arts extra unarmed strike, but if we spend a key point for Flurry of Blows. We get a second and third attack using unarmed strikes instead of just the extra attack. Patient Defense lets us dodge as a bonus action at the cost of one key point, which is situational but extremely useful, and one of the reasons I keep playing monk multiclasses whenever I get to play. And finally, Step of the Wind lets us dash or disengage as a bonus action for one key, and also doubles our jumping distance for the turn. Next we have Unarmored Movement. Very simply, monks get extra speed. When you first gain the feature with your second monk level, it's 10 extra feet of movement speed, and it improves to 15 at 6th level, 20 feet at 10th level, 25 feet at 14th level, and 30 feet at 18th level. Just the 10 extra feet is a huge boost to speed, and you'll typically be able to maneuver yourself however you'd like in combat. And then we have dedicated weapon. This class feature will only matter for some of the build variations, but this second level feature essentially lets us convert a simple weapon or martial weapon into a monk weapon. And then with deflect missiles starting at third level, we can use a reaction to reduce the damage taken by one D10 plus your monk level plus your dexterity modifier. You only have the one reaction, but it's incredibly handy to essentially negate the odd arrow that flies at you. And then we have a rather late addition to the monk class, Key Fueled Attack. This third level feature lets you use a key point for weapon attacks instead of bonus action unarmed strikes. You're only getting one extra bonus action attack, but it can potentially be more impactful with a good weapon than the bonus attacks with just unarmed strikes. For us, we won't be making much use of this unless we go the gun monk route. More on that in a bit. And then we have quickened healing. Gained at fourth level, you can spend two key points to heal a number of hit points equal to a roll of your martial die, plus your proficiency bonus. It's not a huge amount of healing for the cost, but you regain key on a short rest and healing can come in pretty handy. I think a motorcycle just drove right past my house. And then at fifth level, we have focused aim. You can increase your attack roll by plus two for every key point that you spend up to a max of plus six. This means that every time you're pretty sure you were close to hitting your target, you can bump it up on the roll to push it through. And then with extra attack, just like most martial classes, monks gain this at 5th level. This means that we can make two attacks and make a bonus action unarmed attack using martial arts. Or with a key point, Flurry of Blows gives us a total of four attacks. Two with our primary weapon and two unarmed strikes. Note that this won't stack with the same extra attack feature that the fighter gains though, but we'll still get three to four attacks each turn. And then we have monastic tradition. We don't need to go up to the third monk level to get one of the monk subclasses for the core of the build, but for some of the stuff we'll be stacking onto that core, we'll need to get that third class level for the archetype feature. Now moving on to significant fighter features, we have their hit points. And while the upgrade between 1d 8 to 1d10 isn't huge, it's worth considering that on average every level of fighter you take over Monk will make you just a little bit beefier. And then we have their fighting style. Obtained with only one fighter level, fighters get to choose among combat styles that are all simple but significant buffs and combat abilities. We only care about the one option though, and that's unarmed fighting. Unarmed fighting lets us deal 1d6 damage for our unarmed strikes or 1d8 if we aren't armed with anything. One of the most useful abilities, Second Wind, also picked up with only one fighter level. This feature gives us a decent healing option. It uses the bonus action, which isn't ideal, but emergency healing in the pocket is always useful. And then we have Action Surge. Gained at second level, this is merely great for fair builds and absolutely bonkers on the unfair builds. Sadly, most of our monk features actually use our bonus action, so an extra attack isn't fantastic for us, but getting to cheat on the action economy is always useful in one way or another. I'm sorry dungeon masters. And when it comes to archetypes, we'll go into those a little bit more in a moment, but a lot of the fighter archetypes and even just the initial third level additional features of those archetypes can be incredible for the build. And then we have extra attack, which just like with the monk, you get it at fifth level and you cannot stack it with the identical feature. But we can still make our regular attacks unarmed strikes if we choose to. Now let's talk ability scores. Thankfully, we don't have to spread our abilities thin and can essentially just build our character out as if they were just monks. Firstly, you want Dexterity as your highest ability score, as it will factor into both our attacks and our AC. Thankfully, our base class is Fighter and we will have the opportunity to spend an ability score improvement on a feat in addition to boosting up our core stats. Our next highest ability score should be Wisdom, as it will fuel many of our Monk features and adds into our AC thanks to Unarmored Defense. For both dexterity and wisdom, we want to get a minimum ability modifier of plus three. Next, like with any martial character that wants to get up onto the front lines, we need to make every hit point matter. We'll wanna take Constitution as our third highest ability score to pad out our hit points and make ourselves a bit more survivable. Finally, everything else can be a dump stat. Intelligence and charisma don't really factor into the build at all, and neither should strength, surprisingly. Though, keep an eye on strength depending on what route you go for. I probably shouldn't be so definitive on that. When it comes to equipment, we're going fully unarmed here, so the answer is no equipment at all. There are some exceptions for the variations on the build, but generally you don't need any weapons or armor for this build whatsoever, which honestly is a pretty cool role-playing aspect of this build. The idea of a character that just doesn't need any weapons or anything is very minimalist. I don't know, that sounds pretty fun. When it comes to what class you should start with, it's kind of a close call, but I would advise taking your first level in Monk. Starting with monk gets us a bonus tool or instrument proficiency, and starting with fighter would net us heavy armor proficiency. Now, normally, heavy armor proficiency is much more valuable, but since we plan on going unarmored anyway, we might as well get the bonus tool. Starting out as a monk also gets us unarmored defense right out of the gate, so we don't have to awkwardly wear armor for our first level just to ditch it at second. Though, again, that would be a pretty fun role-playing opportunity where a character decides to embrace like their martial art or something like that i don't know there's something interesting there now when it comes to the feats that both classes have there are a slew of them that seem to fit into our build but i find that most of them are kind of traps tavern brawler mostly gives us redundant features and the bonus action grapple clashes with our flurry of blows similarly grappler feels like it could work but the feat only grants us advantage after we've grappled a creature and the pinning feature is confusingly bad There are a couple feats that may be worth taking, and we should just cover those really quick. First we have Crusher, which deals bludgeoning damage, conveniently the damage type dealt by, well, our fists connecting with our enemy's face. It gives us a single point of strength or constitution, and two pretty interesting bonuses. Once per turn, we can shove creatures five feet when we hit them with bludgeoning damage, and whenever we critically hit with bludgeoning damage, we and our allies all get advantage on attacks that target that same guy until the start of our next turn. Normally this feat is a bit underwhelming when using a single big bludgeoning weapon, but with a flurry of attacks all potentially critically hitting our odds of triggering the free advantage is pretty high. Keep in mind this all attacks with the target, not just attacks from you. This means you can potentially give your entire party advantage against a boss for a whole round. And then we have Gunner, which revolves around firearms, obviously, and it's only going to be useful if we go down the Gun Monk build. It's a half feat as well, giving us a point of dexterity along with the following features. We have proficiency with firearms, we get to ignore the loading property on guns, which is pretty big, and being within five feet doesn't impose disadvantage on ranged attacks for us. All of this is predicated on the setting having access to firearms, of course, or if your DM is willing to have firearms, but in those settings, it does everything we could ever want it to do. Ignoring loading means we can pick guns up with a higher damage output, and no disadvantage means we're free to shoot and punch in any combination we want. The core interaction we're going to take advantage of is the combination of the fighter's unarmed fighting style and the monk's martial arts feature, both of which are gained at first level of each class. Both features interact in a weird way. Unarmed fighting style lets us deal 1d6 plus strength or 1d8 if completely unarmed with unarmed strikes. Martial arts at first level lets us deal 1d4 plus dexterity for unarmed strikes. And because of the way the features are worded, the end result is that with both features, we're now allowed to deal 1d8 plus dexterity with each punch. Normally, a monk wouldn't be able to do this until their 11th level when their martial arts die increases, and by taking the unarmed fighting style, we can essentially skip ahead and do the same thing at 2nd level. At just our 2nd character level, we'll be able to make 2 attacks in a turn, each attack dealing 1d8 plus 3 damage per hit. With just one more monk level, we'll have access to ki and flurry of blows, making us capable of 3 attacks a turn for a total of 23. That's 3d8 plus 9. Now let's finally get into the builds. All of these strategies utilize the core of the build, but we can tweak and improve upon it, taking it in some very interesting directions. First we have the Battlefist Monk. This is what I would consider to be the default route for this multi-class combination. We start with the core of the build, take one additional monk level for ki and flurry of blows, and take all of our remaining levels and fighters, selecting the Battlemaster Fighter archetype. Battlemaster is already arguably one of the strongest and most versatile fighter archetypes and it doesn't use up our bonus action since many of our more powerful maneuvers trigger on hits. The Battlemaster gets four and eventually more superiority dice. It has D8s they can use to activate a set of different options called maneuvers and they recharge on a short rest. You get to select three battle maneuvers and we really want to prioritize options that can take advantage of our numerous attacks and that don't use up our bonus action. I recommend choosing at least one of the following, either disarming attack, menacing attack, and tripping attack. All three function in similar ways, adding our superiority die to the damage of an attack, while either nerfing their ability to attack you or buffing your ability to attack them. Disarming attack forces the target to save or drop their weapon, menacing attack causes the target to be afraid of you until the end of their next turn on a failed save, and tripping attack, well, it, it trips them and knocks them over on a failed save. Tripping is especially brutal for us here, since we'll get advantage on all of our remaining attacks while we pummel our opponent into the ground. Finally, it's probably prudent to take parry, which lets us reduce the damage of an oncoming attack by our superiority die plus dexterity modifier, effectively padding out our hit points when needed. To put this all together, let's take a 5th level example with 2 levels of monk and 3 levels of fighter. Using a bonus action for Flurry of Blows, we've got three unarmed attacks, all of which deal 1d8 plus 3 bludgeoning damage for a damage output of 23. Where it gets interesting is when we throw one of our maneuvers in there as well. Once one of our unarmed strikes lands, we can trigger tripping attack, dealing an extra 1d8 damage along with a solid chance of knocking our opponent prone, granting us advantage on the rest of our attacks and likely for our allies' attacks as well. All in all, at 5th level as a character, that gives us 27, that's 4d8 plus 9, damage a turn, with high odds on a full party advantage buff for massive damage. And then we have Champion of Harm. For this build, we're going to do the same critical hit fishing, while also taking advantage of a weird additional damage interaction to try and get some devastating crits. To start off, we're going to stick with the core of the build, taking a fighter level and the unarmed fighting style along with our monk level. We want a total of 3 monk levels, selecting the way of Mercy Monk archetype and all of our remaining levels should go towards fighter taking the champion archetype. Champion fighters are a bit bland, admittedly, but importantly at third level, their critical hit range increases to 19 and 20. And since we'll often be attacking three times a turn, our odds of snagging the odd critical hit are statistically quite high. The Way of Mercy is a bit of an odd duck. Designed as the healing monk, we can use key points for healing, not our focus, but still pretty useful, and we get proficiency in insight, medicine, and herbalism kits. And we get a weird Plague Doctor mask that does literally nothing, but looks cool. Especially if you're into Plague Doctor aesthetics. The feature we're actually going to care about, however, is called Hand of Harm, which lets us spend a key point to do bonus damage on an unarmed strike equal to our martial arts die plus our wisdom modifier. All that doesn't sound like an amazing use of our key, but it has some unique functionality for us. Firstly, we don't have to decide to apply this extra damage until we've already hit with the attack. Next, and most importantly, this is treated as extra damage dealt by the attack itself, which means it also is doubled on a critical hit. Armed with improved critical and multiple attacks, we can fish for our criticals and pop hand of harm whenever we land one. At 7th level, one of our critical hits with hand of harm applied will deal 13, that's 2d8 plus 4, bludgeoning damage, and 13 necrotic damage for a nasty 26 damage punch. And then we have John Wick, I mean Gun Monk. Here we're going to make the biggest departure from the core concept and turn our monk fighter into a revolver, twirling, and quick-punching desperado. A bit of warning, though, the odds are high your DM isn't playing around with guns, and even if they are, they may not allow Matthew Mercer's gunslinger fighter archetype, since it's still technically unofficial material, but loosen up, DMs, you're telling me you can't figure out a way to counter that? Anyway, firstly, we'll be starting out with the same core build, but we'll be getting up to three monk levels and taking the Way of the Kensai monk archetype. And all of our remaining levels should go into Fighter, taking the Gunslinger archetype. Finally, at our first opportunity, we'll want to take the Gunner feat, either at our seventh level with our first ASI, or at first level if your DM is allowing variant humans with the free feat. Which... Again, they might not, but come on, DMs, what are you doing? We're still going for the same ability scores of Dexterity and Wisdom, since thankfully the Gunslinger Grit ability is also based on Wisdom. We've now put quite a few strange features in the pot here, but I promise they're going to melt together pretty well into something wonderful. To get this party started, though, you'll need to figure out what firearms your DM is giving you access to. There are the Matt Mercer firearms included as part of the archetype, but there's also the Renaissance, Modern, and Futuristic firearms found within the DMG. If you're using the Matt Mercer firearms, your best option, without unique weapons, is going to be a Blunderbuss, which is a short-range one-handed gun that deals 2d8 damage. If using Renaissance firearms, your best option is going to be the Pistol, a 1d10 damage weapon. If you have access to modern firearms, which I know is a bit of a stretch, your best bet is going to be a Revolver, which deals 2d8 damage. And if you're lucky enough to be playing around with futuristic firearms, say in like a Spelljammer campaign or something like that, your best option is the laser pistol, which deals an insane 3d6 damage. Next, and I know this will be very weird for our unarmed build, but we need to put a one-handed monk weapon in our other hand. This can be practically any one-handed melee weapon, just pick whatever you think is coolest or best reflects your worldview. All Alright, and now that we have our weapons, we need to select both of them as our Kensai weapons. This not only converts them to monk weapons, but gives us two special benefits, one intended for range and the other intended for melee. The ranged one is a bit meh, but the melee one is worth going after. Whenever we make unarmed strikes while also holding onto a kensai melee weapon, we get plus two AC until our next turn. Okay, so now we're seventh level, and much like me on an average Tuesday, we've got a blunderbuss in one hand and a dagger in the other. How does this all work? Well, we're going to be playing some silly games with some rules minutia, but the end result should be pretty glorious. Firstly, we run in and shoot our target with our blunderbuss point-blank, ignoring the disadvantage due to the gunner feat. Then, even though both of our hands are full, they're full of monk weapons, and because of martial arts, we can still make unarmed strikes, and we get to make our two unarmed strikes using flurry of blows. Because we aren't completely unarmed they'll be d6s rather than d8s but that plus 2 ac is too good for just holding a dagger that is now essentially our shield and also because of the gunner feat we completely ignore the loading property on our weapons and we're not done yet because we still have all of the gunslinger's grit and trick shots to play with that all give us secondary effects on our gun attacks we can activate a trick shot by spending a grit point and we regain all those grit points on a short rest We really want to take winging shot. That'll knock our enemy prone when we blast them in the face. It feels like it should do more than that, but that's what we're going with. So to put all of this together, we can use our extra speed to rush up into our opponent's face and we can blast them with a blunderbuss using winging shot to knock them prone. We then immediately headbutt or elbow our target for flurry of blows and make two unarmed attacks against our prone target. We've now done 25 damage, that's 2d8 plus 2d6 plus nine, and are standing above a prone target with a plus two bonus to our AC until our next turn. Due to Gunner ignoring the loading feature entirely, we can repeat this every turn so long as we have the key and grip points remaining. And more importantly, we get to be a cool martial arts cowboy while doing it. I know I just flooded this whole video with a bunch of mechanical advantages and things that you can get in game, but I cannot stress enough how much this multi-class opens you up to so many cool role-playing opportunities in basically any story that you're in, especially if you're... DM is cool and allows you to use guns. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we're putting out new content like this all the time. Go see what we're doing over on our website at SkullSplitterDice.com. And if you or someone in your party is building a monk fighter multi-class, I would love to hear about your character down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Dice, and until next time, farewell.